It's another Monday, and that means it's time again for an edition of the FritzCast. What are we going to talk about this week? We had a canceled rally in Chicago, Donald Trump's rally in Chicago. We'll dive into some details about that, some things that people aren't talking about in concerns with that. We also have to revisit the Apple versus FBI talk. We'll uh, dive a little more into details about that. Some questionings going on in hearings about that. And we also have Donald Trump's ridiculous statement of the week and a few other news stories as well for this week. Let's get to it. Great to be here yet another week with you guys. How are you guys doing? Uh, finally in the office space. Uh, things are a little more set up now. Does it sound a little better? I hope so. So, uh, yeah, we got the studio set up a little bit here. Uh, I still need some uh, you know, pieces of equipment, but uh, I tweaked with the vocal track a little bit, so hopefully it's not uh, so echoey anymore. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, I have this finally. I bought this... Uh, my iMac is old. It doesn't have the Thunderbolt port. Uh, it has one of those uh, mini display ports. So I bought one of those things. So uh, I have my iMac, which is a pretty big screen in and of itself. It's actually dual screened right now with my Insignia TV in my office space now. So I've got uh, I've got the recording of the program on the TV taking up that screen while my iMac screen I can actually have what I'm going to read up on here it's really cool uh very nerdy some of you are probably like wow this this kid is getting excited over the fact that he bought a wire that allows him to have two computer screens on his one computer yeah it's very nerdy but in a job like this or rather for a podcast for this type of thing this is exactly how people do it they have their program on one screen so they can see everything going on with their program they have another screen that they can read their notes off of. This is going to, I think, make things a little more symmetric and beautiful. But enough about being nerdy. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever sat and read the Constitution? And I mean literally, like, just read it, like, article by article, amendment by amendment, that type of thing? I'm thinking we're going to do that. I'm thinking we're going to do that. But at least today, at least for today, we're going to look at uh, your First Amendment freedom of speech rights. And why are we going to look at this? Well, if you pay attention to the news at all, you know uh, Donald Trump's rally in Chicago was canceled, quote-unquote. Uh, I hate how I do that. Let's not say quote-unquote. Uh, but Donald Trump's uh, Chicago rally, he canceled it uh, amid protesters and supposed violence and other things. So... But I wanted to look at that because it sparked up this huge political debate um, from both sides. So, your First Amendment right states, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press, or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and petition the government for a redress of grievances. Basically saying you're not going to be forced to practice a religion and you're not going to be forced to not be able to practice that religion, that you have uh, the, the freedom uh, to say what's on your mind and 
you have the freedom to assemble as a group uh, to protest, to bring awareness to something, you know, something like that. Now, you would think there wasn't too much questions for that, but a visit uh, to uscourts.com and type in what does freedom of speech mean, it brings up this, uh, it brings up this page, and it'll say, uh, it says, quote, Among other cherished values, the First Amendment protects freedom of speech. The U.S. Supreme Court has often struggled to determine what exactly constitutes protected speech. The following are examples of speech, both direct words and symbolic actions that the court has decided are either entitled to First Amendment protections or not. And this is just some of the stuff. Uh, Underneath their uh, freedom of speech rights includes the right to uh, not to speak. Uh, Specifically, it says the right not to salute the flag. That was West Virginia Board of Education versus Barnett. Of uh, students to wear black armbands to school to protest a war. That was Tinker versus Des Moines in 1969. The first one was 1943, by the way. Oh, you know. Moving on. Uh, to use certain offensive words and phrases to convey political messages. That was Cohen versus California, 1971. To contribute money under certain circumstances, to political campaigns. That's Buckley versus Valio, 1976. To advertise commercial products and professional services with some restriction. That was Virginia Board of Pharmacy versus Virginia Consumer Council in 1976. Uh, Bates versus State Bar of Arizona in 1977. And uh, to engage in symbolic speech. Example, burning the flag in protest. That's Texas versus Johnson 1989, and United States versus Eichmann, 1990. Uh, Among the cases they highlight uh, where freedom of speech does not include rights, uh, to incite actions that would harm others. Example, shouting fire in a crowded theater. That was Schneck versus United States, 1919. To make or distribute obscene materials. That was Roth versus United States, 1957. To burn draft cards. In anti-war protests, the United States versus O'Brien, 1968. To permit students to print articles in a school newspaper over the objections of the school administration, Hazelwood School District versus Kohlheimer, 1988. Uh, students to make obscene speech at school-sponsored events, that's Bethel School District, number 43, versus Frazier, 1986. And... Of students to advocate illegal drug use at a school sponsored events. That's Morris versus Frederick, 2007. So there's just some examples of uh, Supreme Court cases. And as I said, go to uscourts.gov and you can look this up, or you can just type in what does freedom of speech mean? This very thing comes up. Brings up a lot of debate um, because a lot of people would think that the First Amendment is very self explanatory. Now let's take a look at the Chicago incident over this Donald Trump business. Let's address yesterday, should we? Yes, we should. So, look, we had a tremendous rally in Chicago planned. We were going to have over 25,000 people. The arena was seating about 11,000. We had registered much more than 25,000. So what we did... That's all right. That's okay. I understand. You're loyal to other places, and that's okay. 
But what happened, it was very interesting. So what happened, and these were great people. These are people like yourselves. These were people that want to make America great again. That's all it is. It's very simple. And, and they were pouring into the arena, good arena, everything nice. And all of a sudden, a planned attack just came out of nowhere, printed by, and it was printed by people that were professional people. If you look at the posters, they're all printed. They have a mark on them who made them. All done by a group. All very professionally done. A disgrace, if you want to know the truth. And with these thousands of people, and fortunately, we're able to let a lot of them know, don't go, because we would have had a problem like you wouldn't have believed. Just like Big Nick over here, he would have been in there. They would have wiped him out, and that would not have been good. And we made and we made a decision. We said, and I hated to do this because, frankly, it would have been easier to go. But I didn't want to see anybody get hurt. You would have had a problem like they haven't seen in a long time. Because we have people that are so amazing. And it's not necessarily loyal to me. It's loyal to the country. We want to see things happen. We want to see things happen. And they're loyal to the country. It's okay. USA is right. They're loyal. They're loyal to the country. They want great security. They want great military. They want to take care of their vets. They want a border. They want a wall. They want... So a couple of things to start off there. Now, Donald Trump, absolutely, you know, he's had rallies all across America. That's what that's what the candidates are doing right now. You might not like a damn thing Donald Trump says. And Lord knows, I don't like everything that comes out of the guy's mouth. Uh, I think Donald Trump boils down to some very basic things. Uh, make America great again to make the crowd pop. Build a wall to make the crowd pop. You know, things like that. And by the way, saying crowd pop, that goes, you know, uh, that extends beyond wrestling that was a huge wrestling term you know make the crowd pop you know some exciting moment that gets the crowd into it but uh you know in terms of like people say he's very uh racist uh obviously that comes from not condemning the kkk david duke uh on the spot which was i mean that was a whole bs thing that donald trump came with, came up with to dance around it anyway Maybe you could maybe say xenophobic with with the wall and the border and all that. This is a uh, I endorsed Gary Johnson pretty much last episode, and I've got some things to talk about uh, in a little bit about Gary Johnson. But I'm not necessarily against uh, securing the southern border. I do think that uh, it does need to be controlled to an extent. Immigration is a good thing. Bringing in people is a good thing. Uh, growing the nation is a good thing, especially considering. The baby boomer age is moving into retirement, and apparently there's less millennials than there are, you know, the working force that brings up whole social security insolvency question marks and all that jazz. I'm dancing around the subject. Let's get back on to, uh, let's get on back on point. Donald Trump, to me anyway, is not actually upset about the Chicago rally. Here's the thing. Donald Trump, whether you like him, whether you like him, love him, or hate him, Donald Trump is a strategist. Nothing uh, caused him to cancel the rallies in Chicago. You know, from what I've read, there was no like police suggestion of shutting it down. He shut it down. He saw a moment of opportunity. When you're an opportunist, you take a look at what's being presented to you. Donald Trump knows that most people probably aren't going to read in deeply to uh, everything that was going on. 
Mind you, there was some violence there. There's always some violence everywhere nowadays. You can find it anywhere. But he saw the perfect golden opportunity for more media access. Look, uh, if you, you might have even seen the clip where a bunch of those protesters are shouting, we stop Trump, we stop Trump. Well, you know what? Okay, good. You had your freedom of speech. You interrupted a rally that wasn't any of your business being at. It was a Donald Trump pro-rally. You can protest all you want outside of the convention. Outside of the convention halls, I think you, you are more than welcome. Inside those halls, sorry. Those are for the people who are there for Trump. Whether you like that or not. I don't care what your view or what your opinion is. Those people who were for Trump went there to, for the rally. They went there to see Donald Trump. And you prevented them from their political candidate, from hearing from their political candidate. You denied them the opportunity by shutting it down. You have absolutely 100% right to protest Donald Trump. And I think it would have been fine if they had to do it outside of that event, outside of that rally, you know, across the street from that rally. But when it breaks down to some violence, when it breaks down to intimidation... Then we're in hairy territory, as I like to say. And I think you guys have heard it enough from my episodes. I don't like Donald Trump. But you got to defend everybody equally. You got to. So you might not like the fact that Trump wants to build a wall, deport illegal immigrants, and keep Muslims out of the nation. And that's fine. You can you not agree with that. Um, but you can't shut down his rally. Honestly... But as I said, Donald Trump shut down his rally. Donald Trump said, I'm not going to continue with this. Now, you can argue all you want. You can argue and say Donald Trump really didn't want violence to happen. And he's walking out, and we're not allowed, you know, the guards are very gentle with him. He's walking out like big high fives, smiling, laughing, like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. Oops. Sorry. Didn't mean to post that one. Here's the thing, though. At the end of the day... People are responsible for their own actions. Uh, has Donald Trump uh, said some misfiring steps about, hey, I'm cool if you uh, do violent things? So I got a little notice in case you see the security guys. We have wonderful security guys. They said, Mr. Trump, there may be somebody with tomatoes in the audience. So if you see somebody getting ready to throw a tomato, knock the crap out of them, would you? Seriously. Okay. Just knock the hell. I promise you, I will pay for the legal fees. I promise. Maybe that is. But at the end of the day, everybody's responsible for their actions. And just because he has stood up there and said things like that, he said things like that. If you see somebody getting ready to throw something at me, go ahead and punch him in the face. Hey, that's something that you would probably do if it was somebody throwing something at your friend. Right? Let's agree to disagree on that right there. But... Just because he said that, if his crowd isn't being angry, violent, or whatever, if they're just sitting there shouting, that doesn't give anybody against Trump the right to punch his people in the face. That doesn't give anybody who's supporting Trump the right to punch those people in the face. Yeah, I'm, you know, that guy that, uh, it was the protester he was leaving, he was getting, uh, he was, he's getting walked up the steps by security, and some dude just kind of walked up and smacked him right in the face. Yeah. Let's stop with the senseless violence of, of bullcrap, all right? It's politics. Uh, we're supposed to be trying to make ourselves a better country here, a better political environment and world, get people more involved in politics. Let's not resort to punching each other in the face 
or worse, shooting each other. I'm surprised there hasn't been shootings over this, as ridiculous as uh, as as it's getting. Okay. Now you know what shocks me, actually, is Donald Trump's amazing ability to win people over. Did you catch that Ben Carson has endorsed Donald Trump? What a sellout! Are you kidding me? What a sellout! If you if if you're a Ben Carson supporter, and I've read up and down on social media, on uh, just, you know, websites, radio shows, everywhere. Everybody's baffled by Ben Carson uh, endorsing Donald Trump, and it could be because this is exactly what Donald Trump has said of Ben Carson. He said he's got pathological disease. He actually said pathological temper, and then he defined it as disease. So he said he has pathological disease. Now, if you're pathological, there's no cure for that, folks. If you're a child molester, a sick puppy, you're a child molester, there's no cure for that. There's only one cure. We don't want to talk about that cure. That's the ultimate cure. No, there's two. There's death and the other thing. But if you're a child molester, there's no cure. They can't stop you. Pathological, there's no cure. Now, he said he was pathological. Okay. So, Ben Carson endorsing Donald Trump, who knows? He was bought, he was promised some position, you know. It, we'll figure out if Donald Trump wins the presidency. That, that's what that boils down to. I can't go on. Can, can, we, can we flip the script? Can we talk about a different subject, please? Let's just, let's just skip Donald Trump's ridiculous statement of the week. He, he almost, uh, by the way... One last bit, and then we'll move on. One last bit. Somebody tried to storm the stage in uh, Ohio, I believe it was. Uh, Donald Trump said it was uh, ISIS-inspired. It was a white guy who was dumb. It was a dumb move anyway. Don't try to storm Donald Trump if you hate the man. Sorry. Get over it. Okay? Switching to Apple. Uh, I, I got some clips here from Mike Lee questioning uh, Loretta Lynch. Uh, in Judiciary Committee hearings over the Apple business now. Uh, just to catch you up to speed, uh, we did an episode on this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, court order asking, well, court, or, court order not asking, court order telling Apple you will develop this kind of software to put on your phone so that we can get in and access what we want to access. Big controversy, big political debate, and uh, backlash. Okay, so uh, in part of what's going on, listen to Senator Mike Lee and Loretta Lynch talk a little bit about this. Senator, as has been laid out in the pleadings and in the relevant case, it's our position that the All Writs Act, as interpreted by um, a variety of courts, including the Supreme Court, does require third parties to provide assistance to the government when necessary and when they are capable of doing so to execute lawful court orders. The specifics of that assistance will vary from case to case and will and will essentially determine, you know, essentially how um, how the third party person is able to provide the assistance under what means and measures. So the All Writs Act provides the legal authority for the court to order this third party to provide assistance. The type of assistance will vary from case to case. But what limiting principles would exist if, in fact, the All Writs Act permit can be read to authorize a court to develop software that doesn't already exist, to en enlist uh, the, the, the work effort of a tech company to, to create something that doesn't yet 
exist? What limiting principle is there uh, there? And, 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 and I would add, what limiting principle is there in place that uh, wouldn't also allow the government to use the All Writs Act or some other mechanism to require Apple, uh, for instance, to write other software, perhaps software that would unlock a phone's camera, uh, unlock a phone's microphone, unlock a phone's location services system in order to assist the government there, assuming Apple or, or whatever other company is at issue, doesn't have software that would do that. What limiting principle would stop the government from using going into court using the All Writs Act to compel that kind of work product? I think in every situation you'd have to look at the type of assistance that was needed. In the relevant case here in San Bernardino, the government is not asking Apple to unlock the phone, but to disable a password blocker that would destroy the evidence. Understood. And, and Apple then is the saying FBI that that would, would require the development of new software. They'd have to engineer something that doesn't currently exist. But that is not Apple unlocking the phone or Apple going into the phone and extracting it or, or uh, Apple taking certain steps. And so every case, is, as we know just from watching jurisprudence, will be developed by the relevant facts. Um, I think in this, in this instance, it's important to note that this is a customer request uh, for a company to provide assistance to a customer. Um, this, this, this request first came from the owner of the phone. Um, and, uh, and so I think that's an issue that's, that's of relevance and importance in this case also. And every case is going to be different. I think what we've tried to do is have a very narrow, very focused inquiry into potential evidence on one device. It, you know, it's, it's important to remember that the Supreme Court has stated in uh, uh, Pennsylvania Bureau of, of Correction versus U.S. Marshal Service, a uh, case decided by the court in 1985, that the All Writs Act is a residual source of authority to issue writs that are not otherwise covered by statute, where a statute specifically addresses the particular issue at hand, it is that authority and not the All Writs Act that is controlling. Now, in, importantly, there is a law that deals with uh, issues in this area. Uh, the, 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 the laws uh, is, of course, called the Communications Assistance for Laws Enforcement Act, or CALEA. It explicitly states that, uh, that CALEA, quote, does not authorize any law enforcement agency or officer to require any specific design or equipment, features, or system configurations to be adopted by any manufacturer of telecommunications equipment, close quote. Uh, Kalia further states that, quote, a telecommunications carrier shall not be responsible for decrypting or ensuring the government's ability to decrypt any communication encrypted by a subscriber or a customer unless the encryption was provided by the carrier and the carrier possesses the information necessary to decrypt the communication, close quote. Do you see how quickly something simple like, well, I want this, uh, I want this phone unlocked because it has terrorist information. Do you see how quickly it spirals into a lot of uh, questionable territories, how it, how it, uh, how it goes past uh, different laws, different things going on? Uh, very much Mike Lee here is, is asking Ms. Lynch, uh, what what is the precedence? What's stopping the government from from saying, okay, well, you need to also develop this so we can unlock uh, microphones on phones at any time, so we can unlock cameras at any time, so we can unlock uh, so we can unlock uh, vault access to the phone. You see how bad this can get, really, really. This is going to be, this is turning into a very landmark case, and I think people need to follow it very closely, and they need to start figuring out what their local politicians, what their local senators going to Washington and their local representatives, what they uh, think and feel on this. Uh, because this is a very important thing.
I'm sitting here recording this podcast on my computer. Nobody knows that I'm sitting here recording it, except you'll be able to listen to it uh, when all is said and done, when I post it up online. Should the government, if I'm suspected of doing anything, be able to tap in and see exactly what I'm doing right now and see everything on this computer without me knowing about it? Should they be able to do that with my phone? Should they be able to do that with anything in this house that I'm living in? No. You have certain rights under the Fourth Amendment. And I've gone over them before. But this very much, this this is coming down to an argument uh, over whether the government has the right to go to a company like Apple and say, you will develop this software. You will do it. Again, if the government had gone to a different company, if the government had gone to a company or John McAfee who said he would hack the damn phone, uh, if the if the government had did it that way and found a, a company willing to, to do dirty work for them, that's a different argument. But to go directly to the source and say you're gonna you're gonna give us this information, and Apple says, "Look, we can't do that. We'd have to develop an all new software." And the government goes, "Okay, do it." You, no, I don't believe the government has that right. I don't think most people would say the government has that right to do that. And if you think that they do, sincerely take a step back and ask yourself, what else do they have the right to do? If they have the right to do that to a company, what's stopping them from going to an individual and saying the same thing? Let's, let's, uh, let's switch to some goofier aspects of, of life and politics, though. Did you hear uh, this guy at a Marco Rubio rally? I just, oh man, I love hearing this. The guy stands up, says Marco Rubio's trying to steal my girlfriend. I admit he's a lot better looking than I am. But something about she met him at a rally and she's never looked at him the same way. (laughs) Oh my God. See, but here's the thing. Hecklers, they, they pop up at rallies and then they get removed because that's what happens. You're at a Marco Rubio rally. This guy, this nut job stands up and starts spewing nonsense and they take him out. So before anybody says, well, you can be at a Donald Trump rally and protest, you can be removed for protesting. You can be removed for disrupting the rally. It's okay. That just boils back down to the uh, the, the point I was making earlier. If you don't agree with somebody, don't go to their freaking rally. You can protest outside the rally. You go inside the rally, though, you start putting hands on people, you start getting violent. Ugh, sorry. You're bringing that on yourself. I do plenty of protesting of Donald Trump right here from my own home. But I also do plenty of protesting against uh, Bernie Sanders and uh, and his pandering ways. I, I, I go against Hillary Clinton, okay? That's what I do. I'm not into this party politics game. It's very stupid. It makes all of you look stupid, really, at the end of the day. But at that's my freedom of speech to say that you're all stupid right now. 
It's your freedom of speech to say, oh, hey, this smart-ass guy behind the microphone, he's stupid. And that's exactly how you sound. You sound like a little nerd pushing up your glasses. You're stupid, sir. You're stupid, and I don't quite much like you or anybody like you, sir. Well, do me a favor. At least I am being proactive and putting my opinion out there, and I don't give a crap what you think about it. Well, that's not entirely true. I like getting behind why people think the way they think. It's just who I am. I want to flip focus to Gary Johnson, though. I am in contact with people all around the uh, the state area here uh, to get involved. Yes, to get involved, to play an active role in putting out the word on Gary Johnson. Uh, and, of course, I had my endorsement last episode of, uh, of him. My, uh, my little overview, my brief review, for those of you who might not uh, know the history of Gary Johnson. I'm in contact with people now with the Libertarian Party of Delaware uh, to, uh, you know, be an active participant in things. Uh, I, I, and I'm really, I'm, I hope I'm sounding passionate about this. I, I really have taken an interest. In, this is the most politically active I've been in quite some time. Uh, and it's funny because in, in middle school, even, I was, uh, I was doing things with the, uh, in middle school and high school, I was doing things with the uh, local uh, GOP, which was right across from my school. I would uh, I would leave school, I would go over to the GOP center there, be like, you know, you guys have anything you need me to do, things of that nature. And it's it's kind of changed. It changes, you know, as as technology, as things advance, things change, and participation changes. So I'm in talks with some people about Gary Johnson. Uh, just this is just the rough beginnings of talkings. Uh, to push the movement forward. So I hope to have updates on that in the future for you. I'm running for president of the United States. Right now I'm seeking the libertarian nomination to do that. I am the third party. The libertarian party will be on the ballot in all 50 states. There are only three parties in November that will be able to lay claim to that. Democrats, Republicans, and Libertarians. I believe the biggest issue facing this country right now is that government is too big, it tries to do too much, and it spends too much. $20 trillion in debt and rising is unsustainable. I advocate balancing the federal budget now. And Democrats and Republicans are both responsible for this unsustainable debt. Balancing the federal budget means reforming Medicaid, Medicare, Social Security, which I think will actually be kind of easy. I advocate eliminating income tax, eliminating corporate tax, abolishing the IRS, and replacing it with a federal consumption tax. I say let's use the fair tax as a template for how we dot the I's and cross the T's to, in fact, implement a national consumption tax. And if eliminating corporate tax doesn't create tens of millions of jobs in this country, I don't know what will. You know what's surprising about that little pitch right there? That was at CPAC this year. That's the Conservative Political Action Conference held in Washington, D.C. every election year. I think it runs actually every year. 
but that was he was invited to speak as a libertarian candidate on behalf of the Libertarian Party at the Conservative Political Action Conference. That might have just been a move to say, "Hey, look, if Donald Trump's the guy, and we don't, you know, we don't want to play hardball, we don't want to try to rig anything, we don't want to try to disenfranchise anybody." Look towards this guy. Might have been that, but I think Gary Johnson, out of everybody that has spoken, uh, running for president, I think he makes the most sense. He wants to balance this budget. He wants to cut down this debt. He wants to create jobs. And guess what? He has a track record of doing all this in New Mexico. Go look it up on the internet, you stupid bums. Do I have to do everything for you? But another interesting note from CPAC, uh, let me just play this little clip from uh, Glenn Beck's speech at CPAC. He actually closed out the conference. We, as the people, are here to protect ideas. And the ideas that we often take for granted, we assume that we're covered just because we are voting. We're voting against one party. Or sometimes we're allowed to vote for our party. When we do start voting for the candidate, do we actually vote for the candidate that represents our principles, or are we voting against the other guy? We are here this weekend at the Conservative Political Action Conference. So what are the things that we are to conserve? What are the ideas that we are to conserve? We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But it doesn't stop there. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, their houses, their papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others that are retained by the people. These are our principles. This is why we are here. This is what we stand for. Do you know what's amazing about that little section of the speech I took out? His beginning opening is absolutely right. Uh, too many times it boils down to people voting for party voting or voting against the other guy. It's not voting for your principles. I would share that message that Glenn Beck so often shares. I would know. I listen to him on a, on a daily basis. Uh, I do listen to his show every day. Uh, whether or not you do, I'm not suggesting that you do, but I'm saying that everybody has something that you can take away as a positive. He stresses every day to figure out what your principles are and then find the candidate that lines up with your principles. And I truly think that I believe that. And that's why 
I am behind Gary Johnson because some of my principles are a limited government. Some of my principles are fiscal responsibility. Some of my principles are not voting for a party, not voting for a popular candidate per se. And some of my principles are saying to you guys that you need to really analyze things deeper. It's much more than sound bites. It's much more than than picking an affiliation that you grew up with or that you're comfortable with even. But it's understanding what you believe, why you believe it, and how you think it's better for this country, this nation. So with that being said, I'm going to leave it at that for this week. I think I'm going to open every week reading uh, just a, a, a bit of uh, the Constitution and just kind of breaking down some of our constitutional rights. I don't think a lot of people have actually sat down and read everything that's presented within it. Because you have to be a nerd. You have to be really interested in it. But I'll do it. I'll break it down. I'll read each one. So yeah, no Donald Trump's ridiculous statement of the week. We'll just skip it. And we'll just consider the whole fiasco part of it. And we'll say that both sides are to blame for it. We're not going to blame one side or the other. We're just going to say that is the height of political activism right now. And everybody has freedom of speech. So just remember that you can be happy that Donald Trump, that you caused Donald Trump to want to shut down a rally, but in all reality, he just used it against you. And it's only going to make him stronger in the long run. If you want to shut down Donald Trump, don't do it uh, yelling and screaming in people's faces about why he's bad. Do it in other ways. Till then, this is FritzCast, and I'll see you guys next week.